Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of 40K Radio. I'm your host, Matt Alex. With me, as always, is JF. Hello, Matt. And Amy. Hello. And oh boy, do we have things to talk about today. We've got some Necromunda fellas and a lady. And we have the Warzone Nephilim Grand Tournament Pack. And you also got an interview with Troy Weiss, who runs the amazing, huge space hole game that you might see every year at Adepticon. Has his sort of gaming resources page, Basement of Death, and will be joining Terrace at the Welcome Dinner on the Geek Nation Tours Adepticon Tour. But as always, we like to talk about what we've been doing hobby-wise. And let's go with Amy first today. So um, I have been doing Necromunda-based items, which is weird for me. Um we're going to talk about this, but uh, Games Workshop sent us some squats. Uh, so, I have been painting up one of the squats. And um, one of the things, right, so I, I wound up going on a deep dive into vintage 1970s wallpapers yeah. for color inspiration. Um, and so, I, this squat, which by the time this comes out, you will have seen photos of is color based around your grandma's kitchen. Like it this works is so well. Oh, love it. It's so good. There's um there's one color in my color palette that this guy because I didn't think about it right because I did the hammer guy because obviously the hammer guy is the best. Um, but he doesn't have a gun, and so there's that like extra color that gets added to the you know to the squad overall that goes in through the weaponry mm-hmm. that uh, this guy's not gonna have which is going to be avocado green. Uh-huh. Uh, I did post a picture of the palette on my Twitter and somebody was like, avocado, mayonnaise, ketchup, and A1. And I was like, oh man. Oh, and mustard. And I was like, oh man, you're not <laughs> wrong. But you didn't need to point it out like that. Um, so <laughs> that, and then, uh, um, which we will also talk about in depth later. Um, but uh, painting... Um, what's her name? Vespa Mardina, who is uh, the Orlock ganger. We saw her uh, her preview a little while back now, uh, back in April. Um, she's the redhead with the big gun on the on the Orlock dirt bike. Uh, so I've been working on her, and uh, I got to use my like super great dirty metallic technique. That takes like under five minutes to like I spent longer cleaning my airbrush than the entire the rest entire rest of the painting process combined. <laughs> and uh yeah, I love that. So that's basically all I've done. I'm like deep into catching up on preview stuff. Uh that's about where I am though. How about you, Jeff? I have also been kind of delving into the Necromunda stuff. So, so basically, um, I, I have two um, two facets to my gaming recently. Uh, first of all, I have been painting. I started assembling my Delacies. Uh, Delac? Yes. I don't know how. I think how it's just Delac. It. Yeah, I think it's Delac. It sounds so weird. It sounds too French. I think that's <laughs> the point. I think is they're that, just creepy is, in is French. That, oh, should I? 
should I give them like tiny little goatees and soul patches and have them smoke cigarettes? Yeah, absolutely. Baguette? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Summon fromage? You just uh, can't. You just can't put a beret on the new guy that. Oh man! Yes, it's talk about eventually. Oh well, it, it, I'd have to get like a full size beret for this dude. <laughs> <laughs> he is wonderful. I saw someone tweet that the Games Workshop finally put out a fig of their uh, a fig representing their their migraines. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> this is it. This is perfect. So I no, I started assembling them, and my my plan was yesterday. I'm very tired. I was very sleepy. I haven't been sleeping well this week. I'm going to go to bed early. I just want to build one Dalak before I go to bed. <laughs> but then there's this one piece I put too much glue on. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm probably not going to use that piece. And since the, the kit is two similar sprues, I'm, I'm going to use the piece from the other sprue and, and finish this first guy. But then I noticed, oh, wait, the next guy does use this piece, but in another place. So I guess I should build the second guy so that I don't lose the piece so I can like have it glued to the fig. So I start doing that. But then I notice that on one of my sprue piece number 34 is kind of coming loose. So I'm like, <laughs> you know what? I should probably do the fig where piece 34 is used so that I don't lose it. Like if it falls <laughs> off the sprue, cause it's part of the rope. If I lose it, like it's like losing an entire guy. So next thing I know, it's freaking half past midnight. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Like, ah, yes. This is this, this is was a what, wise choice. This is what having um, mental health issues will do. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly which one that is, but it's a uh, it's, it's probably somewhere in there. a blend. I I I think it's a I think it's a healthy cocktail of my paranoia and social anxiety. Yeah. But anyway, that just it the on the bright side, I have three out of ten done. Nice. Um. But I've also assembled the, uh, and I'm going to massacre his name, the uh, Witari Stormcaller. Mm-hmm. So basically, the, the shaman dude on a uh, on a helamite, and that we got, and it is a 100% resin model. So <sighs> resin. <laughs> what can I? Say. I'm gonna. T- I I did I did figure out because I don't love resin, but mm-hmm. I have figured out that it is the super glue I hate. Mm-hmm. Mm. See, the problem I have with the resin is that generally speaking, when you're doing resin, let's say you're doing I, I don't know an Eldar uh, Hornet, and you get your bright lances uh, or whatever they're called on on the Hornet and they're a little crooked, well, you can immediately see, okay, these things are bent. Put them under hot water or use a heat gun, straighten them until they look good. Like, there's an obvious process. But assembling the storm collar, you put them together, and it's only when you realize that his feet are kind of all over the place that the legs were a bit crooked. Because since they're organic pieces... It doesn't oh, show yeah. that they're crooked oh, until yeah. you need to put them on a base. Now, I solved for that problem by just putting him on the base as best as I could and uh, and sculpting some sand dunes so that, Excellent. <laughs> so that the feet of the leg arrive at the right place. But knowing that now, 
it's especially tricky because he's holding this kind of staff, and that one that's, that thing was perfectly straight. So I assume you know what everything else must be straight. <laughs> it was it wasn't exactly a good idea. So I, I got this little bastard built. I got him uh, base coated, and, and I'm hoping to have some pictures of him uh, on our Facebook page. By the way, guys, go to our Facebook page. Join the conversation. And uh, have that available by um, maybe a day or two after the, the this podcast comes out. So that's been the hobby section of my hobby. <laughs> And there was a gaming section. I had I I, I had the, the joy of playing uh, a game this weekend, and I pulled out like because th- there's also a painting aspect of it. So for for uh, for Depticon for the 40k friendly, I brought a the ludicrous speed freak, the uh, buggy orc army, mm. and and got absolutely massacred because I didn't know how to play them, but. I, even though they weren't finished painting, because if you listen to the post-Adepticon episode uh, that came out very post-Adepticon, I, I mentioned how I did spend most of my nights trying to finish painting them. <laughs> and they, they weren't finished, but they still got best painted because plaid is magical. But in, in the past two weeks, I did, I buckled down, I finished painting them, I, I finished up their bases, tried to make them look as decent as possible. And I discovered a few things. The first one is UV resin really hurts. Oh, if you no. Cure it. Well, good. No. Here's, here's it's what's so happened. exothermic. Oh, it no. It is so exothermic. Like, I oh, knew no. it was exothermic. I, no, it I is. Dropped, I, a, a small drop fell on my hand, and I said, I could no. smear it, but it's just going to smear it all over the place. Like, I could try to wipe it off, but it's just going to be everywhere so i'm gonna solidify it and flick it off and i expected some heat i've played with other resins in the past and i know oh it's gonna get hot a little no No. this is like another world of heat (laughs) so here's the thing about resin all right Mm -hmm. all resin as it cures releases heat the faster the the resin cure the more, more heat, like the more heat. concentrated the heat. Like if you ever done the thing where like you didn't realize you had super glue on your hand and then you spritz um, accelerant. Yes. You know how much yeah. that, like that's not great. It's, and but, so I can't even. Because that's the thing. Like I figured since it's it's a chemical reaction, but it's a photochemical reaction, oh, and for yeah. some reason, because it's different, I expected it to be less. But it was probably more. more. <laughs> it I would assume. So yeah. Oh, and I, I'm doing this in the shop, like while people are playing, and I'm oh, trying no. not to freaking either scream or cry because oh, we're no. all manly men who play these games. So, uh, it was the absolute worst. Uh, but I got it done. And the second thing I discovered is that uh, my army can be pretty good. So, as as my opponent uh, as my opponent stated, like we we this was an experiment to discover if a an all Terminator army had any chance against an all buggy army, and the answer is no, <laughs> they did not. But the uh, the all star MVP moment goes to the uh, the two little grots at the back of my custom boost blaster who took off the last wound off a Terminator. By rolling sixes to hit and sixes to wound, and then watching the Terminator fail 
his two plus save. It was it. glorious. Outstanding. And that's I how lo- work games should go. It is. And but the best part is if you've seen the the uh, the custom booster blaster, these grots look like they're hanging off the back of it. It it doesn't even look like they were invited to this fight. It looks like they just stowed away. <laughs> and so I, I like to imagine they got this kill and they're completely convinced that they're going to go back to the orc base and be hailed as heroes and they just got back and they were ignored 50 15 minutes got angry about it and then stepped on that sounds right. <laughs> because they're grots so anyways i had a i had a blast i mean i cannot listen if you're in the montreal area and i'm sure there's other good store and i i, I really like i don't want to play favorites but because they're physically close lebis in montreal is such an awesome place to play because we can just get our games in, have people come down, take our order for drinks, for food. It, and they have great decor, and I'm not just saying that because I built some of it. It's just, <laughs> it was, I, I don't want to get into the habit of doing this too often because then I'll stop painting and I'll just go play games, which is odd for me to do to say because the my favorite part of the hobby is the painting, but being able to play the games as they're supposed to be played, like not necessarily narratively, but like in a chill way and just make an evening out of it is just so cool. Yeah. So, yeah I had a good time. Like I'm, I'm in a really good place with the hobby right now. So I'm and and all the codexes that I, I that game club could mess up have not been messed up. The last codexes that remain, I don't care if they mess them up because they're not my armies. Like, <laughs> I like even horse heresy makes me happy. I, I honestly, this is my golden age. It can only go down from here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not gonna. It's, no. I I don't I don't see how. Like, I mean, they could mess up a couple of things, and I mean, they they there's a couple of things they do mess up here and there, but they're like they're laughably small details. Oh, I, I mean, want to talk about the one thing that they've messed up. Yes, we, we before I forget. Will. All right, listen. Do you want to do this now? And we 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 just don't talk to to Matt about his hobby. We can or, talk. All right, Matt, well, talk, we'll talk. talk about your hobby, but don't let me forget. That's I'll yeah. give you. No, 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 no. We, we, I won't let you forget. I won't let you forget. Put a pin in that, Matt. Where, right. How it, how what, what, what it's quick. Do? So I went to Atlantic City Open over the weekend, uh, and got to see a lot of awesome 40k and Age of Sigmar armies. Um, which is really great because, you know, we have a pretty small group at, at my store. So just getting to see people from all over with their armies was uh, really great to see. Um, I have been trying to paint an Imperial Fist. I am on to scheme number three for yellow, which I think I like. Um, and Horus Her- Heresy related, I was digging around in my stuff and I actually found at some point I bought uh, the Sigismund character for Imperial Fist and a couple packs of the... Um, Templar Brethren, which are like the proto Black Templars. So, Ooh. I of course am going to be getting a box of Marines to throw all those on. And uh, that knight just keeps staring at me like, "Hey, I'm like, you know, two nights, two two sessions from being finished. You should just finish me." But work has been still been a little crazy. So, that's it for me. So, Amy, what did they do wrong? All right, all right. So, we're getting to that point where if you signed up for the year of Warhammer Plus when it first came out, that your free model is now available. So you go on the Warhammer, your My Warhammer page, and down the bottom, and it will tell you, or you go on the Warhammer Plus page, right? 
and down the bottom and it will, it's got your little countdown that tells you when your model's coming. And then when it hits zero and it's like, Hey, your model's on the way. Okay. But it's not though. Um, you're also not going to receive an email about it. Um, and it wasn't until I saw people talking about it on Twitter that I figured out that you actually have to do stuff in order to get it. Yes. Um, so I'm going to do this rundown real quick since it's not anywhere. Um, you need to log in to your My Warhammer account. JF did it through the store and it worked fine. I did it through the store. It didn't work. I had to go back and get through Warhammer Plus and click the shop online button for it to work for me. Uh, then you have to search for the model that you want. Uh, either the Auric Megaboss or the Vindicator, Vindicare Assassin. Uh, and if you are logged in, you will be able to A, find them, and B, the one that you selected when you signed up for Warhammer Plus when you add it to your cart will be free. Uh, if you do this and it doesn't add, it doesn't go free, clear your cart out, go to Warhammer Plus, make sure you're logged in, and click the shop online, Games Workshop Store. That's what I had to do. Uh, you can then add more slash the other model uh, should you so desire. Currently, the Vindicare Assassin is limit one, but... Uh... And then, and then you can check out. I knew none of that uh, <laughs> until today. So I'm trying to tell as many people because I've had at least three people be like, oh my God. So um, yeah, that's how you get your Warhammer Plus model. And I feel like that's a big drop the ball moment. Um, they could have just told us. And they did yeah. not. Love but Game Workshop, a... but sometimes they do mess up. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. That. Got, uh, so, be fair. so my experience was I got an email that I gave me a link to that gave me a link to click on that took me right to a cart with my model in it. See, I never I, got an I email. I think yeah, I think it's that. it sounds like it's from I've, other I've heard other people have gotten what I got, but I've had to do what you do. It seems a bit all over the place, right? Which is uh So not, yeah, so if you good. haven't gotten an email but yes, and double your little check, timer guys. is at zero then uh, you, that's how you go in and get it. Double check before you're forced to look at posts of people selling them for stupid money that nobody's going to pay on, on Facebook Marketplace. No one is going to pay that. Like, that's so... It's fine. It's anyway, fine. I, I, yeah, I am glad... I actually ended up... I did... I had the Vindicare Assassin originally, but I also paid with the Orc, too, just because he's so cool. Yeah, I got both of them, too. Because I'm weak. I mean, that's really what it is. He looks cool. I'm just when weak. it comes to limited edition models. I was so. I was organizing stuff because I'd picked up my my stuff from the store anniversary and like the number of the like celebration model boxes that I have, and I was like, oh, this is unfortunate. <laughs> I should do something with these. Uh, it's fine. Be my legacy. Just bury <laughs> me with them. So. Games Workshop has provided us some review copies uh, as paid advertisement. And let's talk about the new Grand Tournament Pack for 40K. So as you've seen on their Warhammer community site, there is a change in command points. Um, Mm. You do only start the game for a 2,000-point game with six, and you have to pay for your first Warlord trait and Relic. So they've cut the opponents in half, and you have to spend more right off the bat. But you also get one extra every turn. You get one during your command phase and your opponent's command phase. Um, I think this is a good change because yeah. if you've ever watched people play, they tend to just dump all their command points first turn doing 
crazy stuff and then don't really have much throughout the game. Exactly. So. Yeah, and that's doubly true for people that have Alpha Strike Army. Yeah, like, exactly. You want to you want to capitalize on that important first turn as much as possible. If, and if that means spending 10 command points to do it and crippling your, your enemy on the first turn, then you do it. And um, nobody wants, like, I, I mean, I guess unless you're the winner, but like, what, that nobody wants to sit and play through an entire game that has already been decided turn one. Yeah. Like, no, you just, no, that's I, not entertaining for anyone. It's it's entertaining for a people that have a very specific thirst. Yes. And it but it, it is not a thirst I comprehend. Um, yeah, it's sure. there and I acknowledge it exists. It's just not my jam. There's no glory in defeating me. <laughs> like <laughs> like you if that's your goal, you've already lost because uh yeah. Oh that's no, and, and that's the thing, like Go, going back to, to the game I played against my friend over the weekend, like I, it, it became very clear after turn two that I was going to win. So, but but my friend like kind of invented himself some uh, his his own like little mini objectives and, and ways to have fun with the game at the same time. Uh, I have every one of my units is a different color, so he was trying to get a full set by killing at least one of each. Perfect. And and to, at the end, like he had this one Terminator that literally took two entire turns, four phases for me to get rid of because he just kept sur surviving. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's the thing, like, you still want to be able to have fun. I don't think crushing an opponent is as much fun as having a tighter game. I think my game would have been even more fun if there was more back and forth. Yeah. yeah. And with this, you know, with the new rules, I mean, if you take the having to spend two for a Warlord trait and we're like right off the bat... Over the course of the game, you, you know, before you're getting 12 and then 5, so 17. Now you're getting 6, you spend 2, 4, but you get 10 over the game. So it's really, it's a three command point difference. You just don't get them on one big bulk go to play. Right. And, you know, so maybe instead of taking 36 relics, you just take like four, you know. Um, yeah. It'll take some adjustment, but I, don't, I, think, um, it, I think it's a good change. And this book, also a great thing about this book is it includes... All these secondary objectives that each army has available to them. So you don't have to say, oh, what does that do? You can just look it right up in your own book. Yep. And it's not, I, I I have brought these six books with me just for the secondary objective. And what's it's interesting, yeah. And <clears throat> what's interesting too is when you play, you default to some secondary objectives, right? So you default with assassination, grind them down and behind enemy lines, but then you can switch them out and you just go to the section that matches that type of objective and you can take one of the generic ones there's about two for each or one of the faction ones and right in that section it lists the factions and the objectives they can take oh good very well organized uh the missions look pretty similar to the last ones i mean you know they're a little different but uh nothing nothing that jumped out as as a strange or, or a big change and as they mentioned points are on the on their uh gonna be for free so they're not even in here there's not a second book and the great thing of course is that the rules are in the back the basic rules are right there the bad thing of course as we discussed before it is not spiral bound not spiral bound 
such a I wouldn't thing. mind. I I wouldn't mind if the Sigmar one wasn't spiral bound. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, do it for like, that oh, one and not for the other. It. It's, okay, all right. So so is it just a is it just a jealousy thing at this point? Yeah. Oh, oh. for sure. Well, I mean, out of all their I can players, go to Staples and get it spiral bound if I really want to. Yeah. But I shouldn't have to. Out of all their players, Games Workshop hates 40k players the most, so it's okay. Obviously. <laughs> we get it. We're. They're, they're the unwanted child of, of uh, Games Workshop gamers. They seem to complain the most, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, Games Workshop was also kind enough to send us, as you heard before, the Squat Prospector's Box, squat, 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 squat. as well as the book that goes along with them. And I haven't had a chance to crack it open, but JF, I believe you have. The, uh, the book for Necromunda, I cracked it open. You see, here's my thing. Like, I don't play Necromunda. Yes. So there's a lot of cool things, but there's also a lot of nonsense. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's nonsense as in it was written to be nonsense. It's mostly that... Like, you have no the, context. Yeah, I have no context or abilities to understand. Like, I, I know what Movement 6 and, like, BS 4 Plus is. I get that. I just don't understand. Like, I, I don't have a point of reference to say, is this good? Is this bad? Is this, like, are these Space Marine stats? I mean, well, what am I looking at? So even though I did crack it open and there is some neat stuff in there, uh, some of my favorite stuff, like, I, I know I know we're supposed to be excited about the squats, and I am, but I'm trying not to be. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, my brother is going to be doing squats. He's, he's like, I'm, I'm not going to be doing them. Um, He's he's the one who's been in love with squats for nigh on two decades. So this this is his this is his glory days <laughs> going forward. Uh, squats for Necromunda, squats for uh, for 40k. This, this is going to be great once it starts kicking in. So, but what I am really excited about as someone who used to play Necromunda back in the Metal Figs uh, era, back when I was a child. Uh, is that they have stats for Millisaurs and Ripper Jacks. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. Games Workshop has recently been on a kick of not putting out rules for things that don't have models. Now I get it. Oh. There are metal Millisaurs and there are metal Ripper Jacks. But what if... What oh. if they gave us some plastic or I guess you could also do resin... But just new models for uh, for underhive creatures for little yes, beasts. That would be neat because they also open the door to having these be used in uh, in scenarios. Because clearly, like you, you don't necessarily have those on your team; they're just there. They're right. They're yeah. I mean, I think like those are real good. Like they do creature based stuff a lot in Warcry, and it is crazy fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's that same thing, right? It's the, you don't always just want to like punch each other in the face. Um, and so you can do co-op if you've got something else, something else that you can fight. Um, and so, yeah, no, let's give us, give us beasties and then, uh, and I, I do love that. And I, I think there, there is, there, there's a world in which Games Workshop gives us co-op versions of certain games mm-hmm. or ways of playing the games in a co-op fashion the same because the... co-op 
board games have been have been becoming cooler and cooler. So, I, the I Gargant scenario that. for Underworld oh, so is much fun. so much fun. Um, that I card is like would... precious to me. Like it came in a white dwarf, and it is like gold, and I love it so much because that is so fun. See more of that. Yep. The more of that we can have, like. Because it's they, they keep talking about like more ways to play Warhammer, and I, I know there's like supposed to be like three ways of playing 40k. I, I'm I'm good with just two, like just match play and narrative, and then just give us give us the third way being co-op. Mm. That yeah. would be neat. Like I'll give you an example. Like I would love just. Okay, everybody, like two people, we each bring this many points and we have to take down this knight. Yep. And because it's not difficult to have sort of AI rules for a knight on, right. it, I mean, that's, on what his behavior is going to be. Exactly. That's what the Gargant has, basically. It's like on its turn, it does the following. Yeah, you can do the same thing with a knight. No problem. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the thing. Like having these beasts show up kind of like gives me hope for more of that in, in Necromunda. There's also uh, vehicle design rules, which are sort of neat. Uh, I, I don't know what they mean, but I'm glad they're there. They also have uh, they have the rules for some of those vehicles that we've been waiting for. Some of them are just the uh, well, I say just, but I'm very excited about them. But the the the, the Goliath and the Ridge mm-hmm. Runner, and then and the Wolf Quad from uh, from G- the Gene Series Cult. But also, we finally have not just rules, but more pictures for the uh, for the the Cargo Eight Ridge Hauler. And we, Matt and I, saw some preview photos uh, at Adepticon. Uh, we also saw some some other images on the website in the in the most recent previews that they've had for the thing. I still did not realize how massive this thing is. Oh, it's it's it's, it's crazy. The now price goes I, with it, like, though. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, for sure. But also, they have sketches for different configurations. Like they, they do this thing where they show you different vehicles with different paint, paint schemes, which is neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they show you these profiles, and you've got like the Ridge Runner with the Ridge Hauler with, uh, with the cargo. We're all familiar with that. And then it's, it's got this little trailer with another cargo. But then they have one that has a bunch of boxes in the back, and it's got one of those quads that you've been painting, Amy, but under yep. a tarp. There's one of them that seems to have like this huge canister being held down, or or maybe it's an engine. Like it looks like you can have a lot of fun, kind of customizing what your cargo is going to be, and that's kind of dope. That is fun. So yeah, I this and this model. Because it's something that you hire outside of your gang, like anybody can just have it. And I, I mean, I can see people buying it, using it as a Goliath alternative. Uh, orcs, orc players are just going to go nuts with this. Every kit is an orc kit, but this one is like this. This extra. one is super orc kit. But yeah, but now, now that I see it, I've now that I've painted a Helamite Rider. And I can see pictures of the Ridge Hauler next to the Helamite Riders. It gives me a very clear perspective of the scale. And this is, it's a big one. It's a big one. And I love it. I'm very happy for it. Yeah, that thing is huge and very impressive. 
Um, like Amy said, it, it, it's costly, but if Necromunda is your thing, I, I'm oh, yeah. or, or you're an orc player, like we said, like this is, you're going to get a lot of mileage out of that kit. I Listen, I could see someone even using this as a rhino replacement. Oh, yeah, for sure. If they want to do a chapter that's kind of like more, I don't know, the, the redneck chapter of Space Marines. <laughs> yes. Blood Angels, Blood Bloodnecks, I don't know. I, there's, <laughs> there's, cause it, it's got a look that makes it versatile that way. Yeah. Like it's Imperium enough that you know what it's supposed to be, but also very much a truck. Gene Sierra Cult, of course, another great vehicle for them to to use to make something. Oh yeah. Um, mm. Like you can kit bash this thing into a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. And and because of how these models are made these days, like if you give it like a very clean paint job, you can have it ha- really match the look of say your of your squad gang. If you make it look really dirty, you can have it match. The uh, the Orlocks or even the waste uh, the the Ash Waste Wanderers it, it's it, it's a very perfect blend blend of uh, of unassuming and cool. Anyways, this is all I could glean from the book because again, like I, I haven't played this edition of Necromunda yet, but soon soon I've been building Delakis. I don't know if I've mentioned that. And speaking of Delak, we saw their big brain boy. Um... <sighs> So excited. Such a great model. Um, yes. I want to give him all the Tylenol. So I saw <laughs> so I saw somebody put out a Twitter poll and they were like, is he uh is he happy? Like is he laughing or is he in pain? And when I voted, it was like at 150 votes and it was split exactly 50-50. I feel like oh, there's wow. like a there's like <laughs> some sort of psychological uh evaluation there based off of which one you pick but uh yeah yeah he's great i was like well i already wanted to order those doors for my night boards anyway i guess i might as well just order some forge world it's fine which uh he's in the art piece they have at the end of the preview, his head is much smaller. Yeah. Well, well I, I like that's the bigger. why he's got all those tubes. Yeah, I like the, the larger, more... Uh, I'm going to say he's in pain. He's having that, a day. that doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I, I'd like to say, because the entire Delacay aesthetic is kind of BDSM, I think the, the correct answer to whether he's happy or in pain is yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Very true. And um, we also got another preview for the League of Votan. Oh, yeah, that dude. Oh, the big boy. He makes me so angry that I'm not doing League of Votan. He's <laughs> so good. Yeah, so they showed off the Ironskin mechanical members of the leagues so these are their robots which if as we kind of discussed with them before take a little bit from mechanicus and then have their own thing going on too which is great to see um they're so good so they're like nice little squatty robots and um you know you can definitely see as they've briefly discussed in lore how you know they have some early mechanicum technology going on and, and um 
This guy looks like he does some repairs. He's got a bunch of wrenches on his belt. Um, and just a very I, neat. I just love that it's a robot with uh, like outside tools. Like yeah, he right. is not a tool because the aesthetic of of most of the automatons, robots, and all that yeah. that we have from the Imperium is if they have a tool, it's at the tip of a mechadendrite or a servo arm. Right. Not this yeah. good. No, he's got he's got an array of tools. He's got a gun in one hand, a nice little hammer in the other, and he can uh, switch out at a moment's notice for whatever they need him to do. So, like you're saying, very unlike the Imperium robots, where it's just you know this server has a power claw, this server has a drill. Never shall they do this the, the, the each other's jobs. Never the, never the two shall meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we don't yeah. we don't waste we don't waste resources like that around here. Nah. Well. Listen, servit- I, I feel like servitors have a better union protecting their job. There is an amazing, someone made a servo skull carrying a cup of coffee, and it, <laughs> I think about it every day. Like, it's the cutest yeah. thing, and it's so good, and I cannot. Better servo How skull. How are you that that's what you do as a servo skull? That is right? your I plus serve the choice. coffee, yeah. You're just like... Phew. It could have been much worse because you know that if there's one that's doing the uh, that's doing the coffee, there's probably one doing the toilet paper, and nice. that's less good. It, the toilet paper is they just like they don't replace it; they just have the roll attached to them, and they're floating around with it. They're just carrying yeah. it. Yeah, just, yeah and they have a little awful. servo arm to help with the wiping. I mean, it's terrible. Like the. The Imperium is hell. I mean, I would rather have a servo skull toilet paper holder than a creepy baby cherub floating around a toilet paper holder. Though. That is true. <laughs> oh my god. That's that just is. awful. <laughs> we also uh, get a new a preview of 25 new contrast colors. Oh, Alright, yeah. so they <laughs> gave they... us like a preview the day before that like, hey, stuff's coming. Promise something far more exciting. We'll put it that way. Um, it did, except I wound up, um, I wound up way more excited about it than I thought I was. Yeah, the um, because so one of my theories was based off of their little video that they made. I was thinking about um, it. It seemed like maybe colored metallics was an option, which mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's they don't really need them because contrast paints are great for that. Um, mm-hmm. but sure, if that's what you want to do, um. So so then they showed us I the new shades. Mm. Because I love yes. painting with contrast paints and shades. I love doing glazes and like fiddly watercolory painting. And so I was like, wait, actually this is great. This is terrific for me. This is exactly what I, I need. Thank you. I saw that preview and two things came to mind. Uh the first the first one was obviously wow, this is the paint update for Amy. Yeah. But the second one was just like not every color felt like it was for me, but mm-hmm. the ones that are, yeah, um, are very exciting. Like, yeah. More specifically, what really stood out is in the the the, the section they call steadfast and grounded. Yes, they have a couple of these colors that are just mm, special. Like I'll, the the one that really like the, the champion of colors is Ga- Garagax Sewer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That thing that is incredible. Because if you're looking for a base to do some proper cool looking rust, 
That is an amazing, like, paint white, just absolutely slather your model with that contrast paint, put some chipping medium, airbrush over, take the chips off. Yeah, That's the one that, like, everybody's talking about. Because it's so good. It's so good. I mean, I'm not disagreeing. It is really good. And now that being said, like if you look at the at the Sigvald Burgundy, like as far as a one coat red, that thing slaps. It yeah. is oh, yeah. nice. And, yeah, and you can see the same thing. Like the rattling grime is good for a, a slightly different type of, of worn. I like so the it, um I like the Briar Queen chill. It looks um it's like what the the other ones like basically the pre contrast paints there those mm. technical ones the hex wraith and i never remember what the other one's called um it's like what we kind of wanted those to be yes but they weren't and now now that's a thing and i'm pretty into that but those shades well so for and then the neons like the oh, real yeah, bright ones for sure uh, the real mag- bright ones it are magma droth be... flame i mean if that's what you want like but these were going to be like they're using them on full figs here which i feel this is not a great demonstration of what you can do with these things yeah. no i get I, I i've always said like from the beginning the worst advertisers and proponents of contrast paints have been games workshop they, <laughs> they are not good at showing us because Look look at these colors and now imagine those as gems or as weapons on yeah. darker figs. I mean, I get what they're is... doing. They're trying to show you color breaks, but make yes. it not all just the same model like they did back in the mm-hmm. beginning. That yellow, that bad moon yellow. Oh, so good. Uh, I mean, that's we're always questing for yellow. Yeah. Uh, but those, and... it's the shades that got me because I was like, the oh, shades oh no, nice. I love all of them. Oh dear. Because of course they're only showing those over white and they already kind of look gray. Like the the soul right. blight is the one that has the the internet afire. Right? I mean it's like, like apothecary white all over again, but a shade. Yes. Yeah. It's like your next step from apothecary white. It's I, I apothecary white that's the the contrast white, right? Yeah. Yes. But Imagine combining the two. Or That's just, what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, like there's going to be people that are going to be whining about how they're making painting easy mode. But yes, yes. Yeah, there's this. Listen, okay. no one who has ever watched me paint with washes and contrast paints thinks I'm doing it easy mode. Yeah. And also, like, no one's stopping you from going outside, picking flowers, drying them out, grinding your own pigment. Mm-hmm. Like, you can do all of that. Like, I, I used to, there, there was a place where I used to live that sold pigments. It was, they went out of business so fast because you need to be in a very specific place to sell pigments in Montreal. Uh, and and they, they were not in the right place. But yeah, no, that, that was their thing. And you can totally go hardcore difficult mode, but if these paints mean that I can go to the store, get a pickup game against someone who is not a painter and they will have a great, you know, a, a nicely painted army, I'm up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I think these are welcome new contrasts and they're not getting rid of any. They're just adding more. 
that fill in some spaces for a lot of things like, yeah, you know, like that, that white shade, right? Apothecary white, that, and just one highlight of white. And I bet it's going to look amazing. Yeah. I mean, and that was the thing, right? Like we needed contrast paints to be out for a while before we went, huh, you know what we could really use, um, I'm psyched for like the new blue shade too. Oh, so cause... like, it's like Pokemon. I gotta, I gotta get them all. And just I'm gonna them. get them all. Obviously, I'm, I'm gonna get them piecemeal as I need. Oh yeah. Them. yeah. Uh, but I will probably day one buy at least two or three balls of Garagak sewer because oh, yeah. there's See, my... no way I'm not gonna find a use for my that. My problem is I never plan, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I for sure. Have to have all the paints because at no point do I know what I'm going to need. <laughs> I well, that's that's the Perfectly thing. Like, I, I'm fortunate enough that that my shop is within walking distance, or I I can yeah, stop on my yeah, way home from sure. work. So even if like one evening I go, oh man, I could totally use this paint. I can easily just go to the next day. Or if it's not too late because the shop closes at ten, I can just go for, go for a walk. So I'm I am privileged, and I acknowledge that. <laughs> And along with all these new paints is a whiter white. Um, so now, so th- this is. preview reminded me of the thing where, like, where they show the teeth whitening, where they just put a filter over one picture, and yeah. then like yeah. don't have it on the other one, and like, look at whitening teeth. Um, but if it goes yeah. on smoother, that's good. If it's yeah, if it like I don't rattle can anymore really, because um, I airbrush prime everything. Because that's like part of my process now. Because I never know what I'm doing with my models when I start, <laughs> so I just think about it while I'm spraying them down. Um, but I have used the contrast paint um, rattle cans, and they are incredible. Oh yeah! I was like, oh, this. I was like, you know, because it was it was at the store, and I was like. Yeah, but how different can it be? And then I like sprayed, I was doing demos, so I sprayed a bunch of space marines with it, and I was like, oh, it's very different. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, if it's anywhere near that, uh, it will be delightful. Yeah, they, their sprays have definitely improved. I was working on some Aeronautica Imperialis Orcs, and I, needed, I decided to just go with a red spray off the bat, and I had an old can of Blood Red, that thing sucked. Mm. Uh, and I almost, I got a very bad headache from the smell of it. But the, the new ones are, they go on much cleaner. I use the contrast ones too. They go on much cleaner, much smoother. So smooth. I've used the Retributor armor in which, you know, you think you're going to have a difficulty with the metallic spray. That one goes on really smooth too. So um, just good to see them working on, continuing to improve what we have available to us to make, like you said, painting easier. Yeah, because I think and that's better. the most like, intimidating thing. Even if you thing. are, even if you're a super advanced painter, more like, more tools. Yeah, is more tools. More tools thing. is always better. And and not just that. Like, here's the thing. Like, I, I'm 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 a painter who likes to paint, and I like to challenge myself with my painting. Sure. But there's a difference between me sitting down and painting that one model really carefully and trying to do a showpiece out of it or a centerpiece for my army mm. and me wanting to have those 20 grots ready for, uh, for, for the game next weekend. Right. I am not always going to want to sit down and make a showpiece out of every stupid freaking Gretchen. 
I need to get in that mindset because <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I not everybody's a showpiece. I, I have a problem with that. It's it's Especially not a hard walkers. It's, it's not that hard of a mindset to be in. It's, it's just like you need to reward yourself with some high quality painting once in a while, and like. I'm gonna say you need some of these things like Gretchen. You need to look at the unit as a single yeah, model. Yeah, as a whole. Yeah. Like, will will one of them look good? Kinda. Will all of them look great? Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. And and but but here's the thing: like these paints make people with your attitudes job easier because right because it looks be better even with that quote unquote minimal effort. Well, and I, you know, part of the, I think for a lot of people who are looking to get in, I think the painting part is the most intimidating part, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have, I'm going to play a game that I have, you know, 50 malls and I have to paint them all. Um, and this has just created an easier and bet and, you know, quote unquote, better way for them to do it quickly and get yeah. some good looking results. Cause there, I've seen people paint with contrast who are fairly new and it looks like, it looks fan- like great. Like, yeah. like we say, right at four feet away, you're not, you're not looking at there up close and, and it, it looks fantastic on the table. Well, it's not just that also. It's like, because the way these products work, they don't necessarily, they don't lower the quality inherently, but they help you skip steps. Yeah. Yeah. To get to the same result. I love it for, I, I now use contrast paints to just block out color. If yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, because it's so much faster than putting like a base coat on and then deciding that ah, you know what that doesn't work that way. Let me paint over it. Like I can mm-hmm. contrast paint out and be like, yeah, that works. You know what I mean? And like move on with my day and then base coat it. You know. And what I loved and, about contrast when it came out is how you know the community just experimented, right? Okay, we got these two sprays. Yeah. Let's try it on all these other sprays and see what happens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or. Because, like, the contrast over metallics yeah. are fantastic. So like, good. I, I so itching to maybe, like, try it, try it on a Necron at some point. There's there's just – because that's like, that goes back to the same – what we're saying. Like, it's just another tool. If that tool makes your job either easier or faster for the same result, you're not necessarily getting an uglier army at the end because you use contrast, but you may be getting an ex- the exact same result or a better result faster. And again, like I said, if I have like 30 Gretchens to get on the table, I'm in favor of that. Plus, I mean, like the thing is, right? Cause when you think about how many people have been playing forever, I mean, like compared to a lot of the community, right? Like I'm a new guy and I've been in <laughs> hobby for a decade and a half you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and so like it's it's that difference of it's not the hobby is not you know a bunch of kids in college who you know like when you when you listen to the old warhammer community podcasts and stuff like voxcast and uh stormcast right and all the guys are like yeah you know we're we're at university and you know I, i used to paint you know I used to go to class, do my homework, and then paint for eight hours. And like now, everyone is older, right? yeah. <laughs> so we don't yeah. we have time. We have time. Make it better. Like they want to get it done faster. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, right. <laughs> they're making it for them. It, they're, it's it's it is for everyone. Yep. 
like the, the way I tend to use contrast, I'll either use contrast on extremely tiny detail that I don't want to put more than say two or three layers on. Yeah. Sure. So like I'll, I'll paint them contrast. I'll add a few highlights and be done with it. Like tubes. Great for, for that. Um, yeah. You know, little fan, little, little, little things like that. Or if, or I'll use contrast as an initial base where I'll put a contrast, then it helps me see what the shape is going to be. And then I can either add more contrast in places I want it to be more saturated. I can go add a wash. I can ha add some highlighting. Like contrast can be your only coat, but it doesn't have to be your final coat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, and if you if any anybody has seen Amy's pox walkers will understand what I've just said and how powerful of a tool it can become because those look fantastic. Love them. They take forever. Because <laughs> I have well, to imagine use eight if colors. you yeah well imagine if you were trying to do the same thing. With oh, I know. Contrast. That's the thing. Oh yeah. yeah. You you can turn impossibly long into only very long <laughs> with contrast, and that's Dude. that's what's good about them. Or you can also just not use them. Yep. Yeah. Just just like you said, another another tool in the toolbox to use, and you don't have to. Uh, I recommend trying out and experimenting with them because, like you were saying, Jeff, it's, it, you can do a lot more than just slap on a coat and go. Yeah. That's, that's how Games Workshop's promoting it because it, it is a good way of removing the, uh, the modeling shock of getting into the hobby. Like you, you go to you go to a store and you say, "Hey, I want to get into Warhammer 40K. Do these come pre-painted?" Haha, <laughs> no. Here's your $500 entry fee to get the books and the, the basic army that you need and your your one codex and some dice and some accessories. Uh, but also you need some paint and you need to paint all your figs. Well, how can I make some of this more acceptable? Well, we've got these paints that you can just put one coat for a color and you'll be done and you'll get comparatively good results. It's like, ah, there you go. And yeah. And when you're picking up something new, you know, a, a spray can in, in three or four, maybe five contrasts, depending on how you want to go on and your whole, all, everything's done. Right. Yeah. So makes, makes it um, a lot easier for new players. And like we, like we keep saying, it's just, it's another, a great tool to experiment with too. And uh, finally, we got one little fun article from Games Workshop, which was about swearing in the 41st millennium. <laughs> or Blasphemes, A Brief History of Curses in the 41st Millennium was the name of the article. Uh, so all the, all the ones you've seen from your from the different books you've read them, Feth, Frag, Grok's Throne. Of course, the, they have the best one, of course, which is Git. Yep. Which can be bad or good. Anything in between. But... A fun little article, and uh, as usual, the uh, little highlights at the end are also a, a lot of fun, too. But So not too much for 40K recently, just Horus Heresy, which is going to be, by the time you hear this podcast, hopefully you have the box in your hot little hands. Um, and so we should be switching back to, we'll say, normal 40K stuff soon, as uh, everything that they previewed... Um, will be released this weekend uh, for the most part for the most yeah, part because uh, like, we get a horus heresy timetable which i've been appreciating them doing these things lately for all the different games yeah. i i do love that 
Because that is something from the old, like in the olden days, the two things that were frustrating is that we didn't get any previews, so we had to rely on rumors. So it was like potato cams all day, all the time, and absolutely ridiculously unreliable sources. And the other thing was you never knew what to expect. Uh, like you could buy a whole new Eldar army and then the next day, here's a new Eldar codec. It'll be out this weekend, and here are some models that replace the old ones you just bought. Yeah. And that was extremely frustrating. Yeah, that was... And, and occasionally you'd see something in a white dwarf, like, watch out next month. What's that? Something stirring in the warp. And there would be, like, a vague picture of something that you couldn't tell what it was. So, um, we are getting very soon the Mechanicum coming in August. And then the Liber Imperium uh, in October, and so that and and the thing about these books is it's not, you know, right now we're getting the loyalist and traitorous riders. This is going to be have rules. You can play them either way, loyalist or traitor. It's up to you because, as we know, they split the horse heresy and sort of uh, did their own thing, depending mm-hmm. on who they were associated with. And as expected, Lieber Mechanicum will have your knights in there, uh, robots, all that good stuff. And so they gave us a little bit of a preview of Mechanicum. We don't know what's going to be in Imperium. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So they used to have like the solar auxilia models for Forge World, which haven't been available for a while, I think. So maybe we'll see plastic like horses here or troops, which would be kind of neat. Yeah, I, I'm waiting to see what, like, because it's like, okay, all right, so, but are you, are you going to give us anything new? Yeah. new well, new slash old. I, I mean, with with I, the ramping up of moving things to plastic, especially for Horus Heresy, at least for Marines, I, they got to yeah. move with some stuff to plastic, because all this stuff is, you know, for these armies is, is Forge World only. Um, yeah. Right now, so. Probably hopefully get to see some more impressive plastic kits for Horace Heresy. Yeah. I, I wouldn't good... be mad about anything from Mechanicum because yeah. I'll just I'll just steal it all for my uh, 40k. And good to see that there, you I'm... know, that because I know there's some people that I've seen saying before that came out, I was like, oh, well, when's, when's Mechanicum? I don't know if like Space Marines. Well, now you know. It's it's cool to be able to plan. Yeah. Yeah. As, And it'll be interesting to see where they go from there, right? Because right. Mechanicum, Imperium, and Space Marines, that's pretty much everybody that they've had in the Horus Heresy game so far. And, and presumably uh, they're not going to just, like, drop it, abandon it. No, well, yeah, <laughs> once, like, I mean, oh, you're good now. once you make things into plastic kits, you need to keep churning out those kits because plastic's not cheap to, to tool up and, and get in production, so. We will well, see. One of the things, one of the things that we discovered, uh, Amy and I had a little chitty chat chat about lists over the past weekend. Yeah, we did. And one of the things that uh, we discovered is that although we're getting all these cool upgrade kits for ranged weapons and special weapons and all that, mm-hmm. there has to be in the near future some of these kits for melee, yep. some boarding shields, chain swords, that kind of stuff. Yes, the, those Templar Brethren kits I have is just that. It's power shields and power swords for them. 
We need to my, do I'm like trying to plan. Yeah. I'm trying to plan my night lords, and I'm like, well, I need a million chain swords, and I cannot get them in any reasonable way. So please just give me a box. Thank you. I, be, I'm positive they will happen. Yeah. At least weapon upgrades in ways to, you know, probably jump packs and because every right, I need that too. Yeah, every every chapter has their own specific units, but a lot of those are just those upgrade kits. So right, exactly. So yeah, I think we're gonna have a my lot. horse heresy army is on the shelf. Oh, like I'll, I'll probably <laughs> like I'll build a dude, probably the Praetor because yeah, he's just gonna be out of the box built. So. A lot, of, a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. coming for Horus Heresy, and um, looks like they plan on sticking with it. I mean, it's always been a very popular game, and um, putting it in plastic just makes it more accessible to everybody, too. So Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, we've seen um, a couple previews for Chaos, so they're probably on the horizon. Who knows what's after that? But as soon as we can tell you, we will. Nothing. I mean, the leak oh. to hint that maybe Imperial Guard. Yeah, we did yeah, miss that. True, true. What's oh, name? that's right. Yes, so there was... Oh, um, Ursula. How, Ursula yeah. Creed. Oh my god, what a model. Yes. She's amazing. So, so cool. And she's got her, her father's jacket. It's got that riff in there. Because uh, as we all know, uh, things at the Fall of Katie did not go well for him. But, but how... How freaking like what a power move to wear your your dead father's cloak that still has the holes from where uh, not horrors but Abaddon tore into him. That is, I mean, it's imagine a good flex. Like, it, imagine going to a meeting. <laughs> this is what you. This is the person like that you're trying to argue with. It's like I right, like you know what? Let's go. And uh, some new Sentinel models on the way, too, um, which can be built as enclosed cockpit, the armored Sentinel, or the exposed cockpit. Um, and this was another... I'm starting to wonder if they're doing these potato cam things. Because mm. we saw a potato cam shot of of these models, and then, uh, you know, like they've been doing mm. as when a potato cam thing comes out, the net, within a few next days they have, oh, well, here, take a closer look. Clear looks. So. Hours sometimes, like a scan yeah, yeah, few very hours. Close. It's they're <laughs> very good about that. It 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 really almost makes you wonder, like, why do the why do people even bother? I guess it's a good way of forcing Games Workshop to show off good pictures. Yeah, yeah but uh, it's still weird. It's it's a weird flex. Um, that would be yeah. that would be funny if it was if it's all, all just marketing. Yeah, they just they creating the hype and then showing the pictures, right? But it's not a bad, not a bad I mean, uh, way to do it if they are doing it that way. So yeah, I think um, it's, it's an approach. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, probably Imperial Guards reasonably soon. Um, League of Votan, I'm sure, will be in there somewhere. But as soon as we're, we we're find out, four Codex, right? We're down. There's Imperial Guard, League of yeah. Votan. Chaos, Space Marines, Demons. And then we, we've gone around the yard. Uh, I yes. think so. Someone will tell us if we didn't. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. 
All right, and we'll be right back with our interview with Troy Weiss. All right, and we are back with Troy Weiss. You may have heard him on the Basement of Death podcast. He's also the man that helps run the amazing Space Hulk game that you see every year at Adepticon that I never get to play in because I never get a ticket. Troy, how you doing? I am doing good. I'm uh, really happy to join you guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for being here. So for folks who may not have heard Basement of Death, tell us a little bit about your podcasts. Sure. So I technically it is the neighbor podcast is playing and slaying, which is uh, kind of just a, a, a term that got is on my you guys can't see my shirt, but uh, it kind of was our tagline that go along with the basement of death. Uh, the basement of death is a our, our gaming group that kind of grew out of 40K almost more than 10 years ago now. Um, it was kind of like. I, me and my brother played, and then there was a guy at work he knew, and then a friend of a friend, and uh, and over the years it, it's kind of grown, and we have it's kind of cool because it's people all over the country that we've met at conventions and through different you know brushes here and there, and it's kind of grown, and so we have a bunch of people all over the the country that uh, we tend to get there and play. The core group is right here, and we're outside Milwaukee, um, that we in Milwaukee, Wisconsin area uh, that we kind of play, but we do yeah the uh, playing and slaying podcast with. Uh, my buddies Ty, Josh, and Bryce, and we just we kind of talk again. We came out of miniature gaming, but we don't like to limit ourselves to just that. Sure. So we'll talk a lot of. We, I mean, we play board games like all you guys do, right? We all play board games. Um, do still do a lot of you know a lot of hobby. Talk about whatever we're painting at the time. Uh, also, at least Ty and I tend to be big readers, uh, so <laughs> we like to have a library segment and just kind of share what we're kind of what we're reading and things like that. So uh, we you know we're not huge. We hope that people listen. We hope some people find it entertaining. Uh, but we, we you know, it's kind of a labor of love uh, that we've done, and we've been doing that for uh, this version of the podcast has probably been going for more than about five or six years. So, awesome! What are you guys? Um, what are you guys sort of into right now? What are you playing as far as you know, miniatures, board games, whatever? What are you guys excited about? Yeah, uh, it was. It's funny how we uh, people were really heavy in Age of Sigmar until kind of third edition came out, and then that, that cooled off a, a lot of our, our group. But that was kind of the big heavy. It's actually um, Marvel Crisis Protocol is kind of the hot game that a lot of people are into. We're not playing it at like the match play level. Um, we've had some really kind of fun, just you know, four people kind of brawl. I love those. You know, I've, that's the only way I've kind of played it so far. Um, and uh, just the miniatures are so cool. I think as you guys have known, and so it's been some really cool hobby projects. So I would say that's kind of our our hotness at the time. I still. I'm kind of the 40k guy at heart uh, still, and so I, I still dabble in there. I just just signed up for the uh, the open down in Chicago in October, and I'm, I'm probably going to do the narrative track down there because I'm not kind of retired from that whole competitive side. Uh, I think everybody should do it for a while. Like that was almost 10 years ago for me. I'm like I'm going to get hardcore, and I kind of for a year and a half, two years, kind of hit a bunch of tournaments and GTS and all that stuff, and and got it out of my system. And now now I'm kind of like, hey, I want to do the the friendly tournaments and good reason to play and things like that. So, so excited to do that in, in October and excited to see those tournaments come back. That's awesome. I am, um, I am a big Marvel crisis protocol fan. I actually just went to Atlantic city open last weekend to play in the tournament there. Um, but yeah, big fan. Um, and it's, it's interesting that uh, age of Sigmar for you guys sort of died off or slowed down when third edition came out. Cause we've been seeing it like ramp up around here with third. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I think Matt, you also, I'm a silver, like, 
I was like, like I said, I'm the 40K guy, but everybody was also in 20 sure. Sigmar. So I'm like, all right, I'll get into it. And so I have a Sylvaneth army, and that's it. Um, so I'm actually excited because they're kind of getting their new book, and I'm kind of, you know, so I'm going to dust those guys off probably, probably add some of the new models um, and and dabble in a, a few things there and there. So I'm kind of like once a year I, I kind of break <laughs> them out and, and go do And we have a – I guess have good friends that run a couple local tournaments here, and so it's kind of ones where I just go and – I don't care where, you know, bottom tables. I don't care. It's yeah, for sure. Fun rolling some dice and, you and welcome. This is the bottom table podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I live for the round one loss. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I, I have been doing Marvel Crisis Protocol competitively, but Ages of Iron 40 Cam still like, let's just do something and have fun. Um, awesome. And what's your... I've been... What? I've been doing mostly like the narrative yeah. fun quick games for 40K recently. And even, even my more competitive friends I've been playing against, now that they've kind of tried that avenue, have been just completely shifting their point of view. Oh, wait, we can have fun. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure, right? like, especially especially the shop I work, I play at, like, they'll, they'll bring you drinks to your table and snacks while you're playing. So the idea of this being like a high-intensity, super competitive thing kind of blurs out once you have, like, a, a couple of ciders in you. <laughs> it's just oh we yeah we this can definitely be like a friday night thing that we do just to like shoot the shit and have fun and it, it's great to see that sort of attitude become more popular not, not that the tournaments aren't, aren't great and aren't fun but being able to separate the competitive from just the having fun portion is, is nice yeah and i've i found the people that go to narrative events with a competitive mindset they either don't come back or, or kind of fall in line right they kind of see what everybody else yeah. is doing. Yeah, yeah. So in uh, 40k, what's what's how long have you been playing 40k? Like, what was your first edition? Um, so I go back to it. I go back to 1980, whatever, 87, 88, the Rogue Trader book. Old timers um, like us. I'm old. Uh, yeah, I'm old. Uh, and uh, and my brothers, who will we'll talk a little bit because they still play with me and help me with the Space Hulk game and that. Um, they got, it was funny. I was going into college around that time. And so they actually ended up kind of playing it a little bit more, but yeah, I've been doing it since the rogue trader days. And I, I think it's just a lot of times it's, I don't know. I always kind of had this, this thing for miniature games. And then I think the background and the lore around 40 K was the thing that just grabbed me back, back in the day. And, uh, and I've kind of been, you know, in and out and, you know, but I always had some presence around, uh, around the editions like i said kind of that 10 years ago fifth edition was probably the, the one when i actually kind of played the most mm-hmm. um but it's never left and i have a a, a basement <laughs> that i'm in right now <laughs> that is, is a collection of way uh, you know a lot a lot of stuff from still some of it from from many years ago but a lot of new stuff and i think like everybody else i have a you know procurement disorder oh yeah where there's also <laughs> a, a cabinet a cabinet of shame that has uh, all kinds of stuff that i have a plan for someday which uh, will never happen but we call it potential not that's right. change that's right <laughs> that sounds good much more positive exactly <laughs> awesome yeah I, you know we were all sort of the same way um playing for a long time and it's so cute when when you talk to young people like remember when self edition was out and that was so great You're like oh let me let me tell you put on your hat let me tell Listen. you about second edition road traders d 100 tables <laughs> yep um 
Awesome. And the vehicle, I don't know, like the vehicle template. Oh, for you know, sure. When there's like the clear template, like, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I might have finally given up on those or thrown those away, but I keep, I uncovered them. I remember a few years ago, like, oh, I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking about what, what, how much of a, the turn was actually correct. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Crazy times, guys. You, you, you appreciate what you have now. It's a lot easier than it was back then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, you know, one of the, Big things that you bring to Adepticon is the Space Hulk game. And it's this beautifully crafted 3D board. Um, you run several sessions over the weekend. And it is, I, I'm not kidding, guys. This is one of the things that sells out almost instantly in the cart. How long have you been doing that? So I'll go wait. So at Adepticon, uh, I think this is about our eighth year uh, that we've been doing it seven or eight years there um but before that we actually again it started out I, I think i was trying to go back probably early 2000 so 2004 or 5 was the first time we had kind of we decided to run it and it was one of those where um again we've been going to like gen con um origins back in the day for i've I've been going to Gen Con for, I don't know, almost as long as it's, I'm, I'm probably in the forties or <laughs> amount of times I do it since I've been there. So we used to go to Gen Con and actually run it uh, there, but in much different iterate, iter, you know, we kind of started out where we literally brought the game and the pieces and kind of set up a board and, and ran an event. Um, and then over the years we like, this takes a lot of time. How can we streamline this? And then we actually printed out the board on kind of giant posters, paper, um, you know, kind of with the pictures of the pieces there, and we would bring that and do that, and we would kind of add some 3D elements and doors to it, and we did that for a thing. And then um, around the 2012 timeframe, I found this uh, this set um, from Gamescapes, and they're not around anymore. People always ask me, um, and they made this kind of uh, extruded plastic set that I found at, I think we were at Origins, actually, that I found it in around 2012, and that was kind of the inspiration for the big, 3d board and and all that stuff um and i ran that at gen con for a couple of years and then i just again i had been going to adepticon since the beginning all also um in in all forms of that uh as it as it seen it grow and it just felt like hey this seems like a game where the kind of these are the kind of people who go to adepticon are probably people that were kind of play and actually i had gone to adepticon and somebody some of the guys way back then used to do a couple of space hulk vaults very kind of basic very similar just like hey here's some board and do some of that um, and they had kind of stopped it. Uh, and so I just I called up Hank and uh, and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I have this event. And, you know, in, that, in those days, Adepticon was really very much, you know, the team tournament and the 40K. And they started to do some of the other smaller events, but that wasn't as like it is today where you have the, the wide array. Um, and, uh, you know, and again, Hank and Matt are, are awesome, awesome guys. And they said, sure, come on down. And uh, and uh, I guess the rest is history. I mean, they everybody that kind of has played it there is given good feedback and I think they've given good feedback to, to Matt and Matt and, uh, and Hank at Adepticon too, because they, they keep uh, supporting us and giving us nice, nice places to spots to play and, and all that. So, um, so that's where it's kind of grown. And uh, now it's this six by 12 foot board. We're on uh, six different space Marines, uh, Swiss Marine squads through it um, in about a three, four hour scenario. Uh, and it's become a more narrative again in the past. It was literally, we kind of had, players playing both the gene stealer side and the marine side um but you know that could you had a lot of variation in that <laughs> in that experience so we slowly but slowly realized that hey if we kind of ran the, the gene stealers as more of a narrative 
um, it ends up being a, a little more more fun for everybody and we can also control it a little bit more, you know, kind of keep it right. on time and keep things moving and uh, and I, we think I, just enhances the experience. So I, I don't know, like as a, as a Tyranid fanatic myself, I'm a, a little <laughs> bit disappointed that I can't be chomping on Space Marine, especially the red ones. They're spicier. <laughs> oh, yeah, we get we get lots of chomps for sure. And yeah, so, you, you know, the if you ever go to Adepticon, anybody, you'll see it where they have it set up. It is, it's that it's just huge. It's amazing. And it's there's so many, like, interesting little details in there. The board looks fantastic. It's um, do you, you know, every year, like in between, do you add some more little details to it or? Yeah. And we, and we actually, yeah, I guess I, as we, again, continue to grow, like I said, I found that um, creative gamescapes is kind of the, and that's the core of the thing. But again, over the years, as 3D printing has come along, a large center, a lot of the board is slowly being turned into 3D printed stuff. There's some stuff that's actually resin cast that <laughs> makes up some rooms. Uh, we had also had a little bit of kind of lighting and some LED things in there to kind of spice things up uh, and make it kind of like, so yeah, it, and it's never been the same uh, each year. We, even though we, some of the scenarios are, tend to be similar, but we always kind of change something up, always have a new idea um, for what we, what we want to do. Um, and, uh, and it's been really good. I've, I've been uh, really uh, flattered that I've had some other people who have played uh, with us in the past. Um, they actually, took a lot the scenario that we did and they created a whole their own 3d printed version of the whole thing and had run it at their own game shop um and they had sent me some pictures of that and then they were actually actually here at last adepticon to, to play again with us stuff so i was flattered that I, we were actually influenced <laughs> people and they're they're spreading the That's joy awesome. of, of the game so awesome classic hobby escalation yep <laughs> so um for the for anybody who hasn't gotten a chance to play it like me um what is what's the sort of in what's we'll talk about last year, you know, because I'm sure you're going to change up a little bit for for the upcoming Adepticon. But yep. what's the scenario like, right? So there's six. Are there there's one person controlling each different squad of Space Marines? Yep. So we have uh, so basically yeah, six uh, six players. They each get their own squad of five Space Marines. Uh, we kind of all have them, um, kind of different uh, different chapters and kind of a little different loadouts to get people uh, a little bit of variation. The overall like scenario story is, um, and what we've been this one's for the last kind of couple of years is this is actually uh, you're coming into like a hive city, uh, and there's actually a gene stealer uprising that that has been discovered. Um, and Inquisitor Frost, uh, he was kind of on planet and kind of uncovered this uh, this insurrection that's going to take place and kind of called out the, the the help signals and and then he comes in. So there's actually a dust wash squad and then in him an inquisitor where he is actually um, one squad with him and actually some power armor um, Marine, regular Marines, not terminators. So that we call them, they're kind of the advanced. Uh, if you're kind of the advanced player, we're like you can, you can take the inquisitor squad and do that. And then their other four are kind of normal um, terminator squads. Uh, and then basically the goal, the, the center is uh, the goal is in the center of the board uh, of this 12 by six board, um, there's a, a common goal that is kind of the um, the antenna that's going to set off the psychic scream to call in the the tyranid uh, the tyranid swarm that's in in space there. And the goal is to get there because it's as normal in space Hulk, everything's last minute, right? You have ten turns to get there before this happens, um, and so it's kind of uh, you have a time pressure to get there. And then there's also for each um, each squad as they work their way through the board, there's they also have kind of a, their own objective, sub objective that's uh, partway through the board. And basically that 
can help contribute. So even uh, basically either get you more time for the, the scenario to finish it, extra turns, or it can make it kind of easier to, to damage and destroy the, the central ob objective, depending on which where you are coming from on the board. So um, so you kind of each have your own objective, and then overall this group has, a, has that kind of common objective to, to finish. So, uh, so yeah, again, we, again, people have said it's pretty fun. It's, again, the whole point is like as a player, um, I mean, I, part of it as we've designed this, right, is you have a lot of uh, uh, player agency, right? You, you have your squad. It's, not, it's only you. You're going to get a lot of play. It's not sure. like, uh, you know, sometimes if you go to like a miniature con event, you're running one squad on a table. You get to move them six inches every two hours, right? <laughs> yeah. Roll some dice. I think we've all been through that, which is fun. It's good. It learns the fact, um, you know, part of this was we really want, you know, it's like, hey, you're playing kind of solid for those, those three hours uh, as you go through there. Um, and then at, at the end, it is common where everybody's kind of, because you really don't cross paths until you get to that center room mm -hmm. um, and have interactions around it. So, and again, the time pressure, that's where people always get kind of like, oh, are we going to make it? And, 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 uh, over time, you know, as we because it's a narrative, we're able to kind of we have some you know levers to pull to help kind of rev up a little bit of the, um, you know, the anxiety and uh, the, the tension uh, around that. But a lot of times we don't. I mean, we have it. We we you know, we, it's still a dice game. There's still things can happen sure. weird, and they always do things that you never think. Uh, you're like, oh, that guy just made a suicide move. Nope. Yeah, you know, he rolled a six when he <laughs> when he needed it. Or, oh, look, that Hormigant just killed the captain, and he never should, you know, never should have done that. It, it always goes both ways in, in some ways. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you've been doing this for, for quite a while now. What's the most impressive or unexpected moment that's happened during the Space Hulk game? Boy, that's a good, I'm like, there's, there's always, like I said, there's always so many, uh, kind of the, uh, the suicide run, uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll get the, the guy who maybe had bad luck early and, uh, there's only maybe one, one guy left out of the five, uh, and he's trying to battle his way to the, uh, to the center room and, you know, in, in space, like basically, you know, you, there's nobody cover. It's just, yeah. he's trying to fight his way through you're there and uh, you've watched you know heroes be made as they <laughs> as he makes roll after roll after roll uh to get there uh and, and get to the end and i think we've had some cases where yeah it's like the you know the other squads come in and here's this one lone guy coming uh coming to the center room and he ends up you know killing the uh the, the patriarch or whoever <laughs> else to get it so um yeah i mean i there's so I, that's what's kind of cool is I think each game there always is a couple events, a couple of things that people remember, either good or bad. Sure. <laughs> that that kind of happens. So. And what is um, you might not even track this, but is it like a a pretty even like between they win they lose kind of thing or? Um, it had over the years it has been it it used to be more fifty fifty. Um, right now it usually the Marines will pull it out. Um, it, but it usually does come down to a die roll or so. Um, again, as we run it as a narrative, like I said, we, 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 we try and create that tension yeah, and create sure. the chance of whatever. Um, but most of the time the, the Marines are able to kind of pull it off and at least some kind of a partial victory. Uh, a lot of times it's just, it's uh, more about how bloody, you know, <laughs> how many Marines are actually teleporting off this hive or, or, or not. Uh, uh, Cause sometimes there's not many left. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, 
And so you're running again this year. And how many sessions do you do over the weekend usually? Uh, so this year, yeah. Um, in the again, we passed. We've kind of done kind of three or four this year. We kind of as we came back, you know, I think as everybody was uh, so excited to get back and see Adepticon again that I kind of just we we kind of just said as a group, and I was just like, I'm just going to go and run games for people because it's mm. <laughs> we've been missing it for so long. So we actually ran uh, four sessions of that, two on each Thursday and Friday. Uh, of the game we we then do um i don't know if i should say it too much but we always end up usually doing what we call our friends and family so we usually do a session for just kind of our ourselves and some of our friends and kind of local either kind of at the late night or whatever on one end or the other um where we had kind of an invite only session sometimes on that and so we ended up doing that like kind of late friday night uh with a partial thing so yeah we usually run about four sessions and then we also ran some uh zombie side invader on, on saturday a couple of games that's kind of other other game that we like to it's much more low-key and a lot less set up but uh <laughs> people still have fun with it so so out of curiosity like so you get you guys have your setup pretty much your setup your rules everything that you're doing pretty much settled and you seem to be running a, a very popular very uh, streamlined event where where do you go from there? Do you just keep running it, or you guys have plans to expand or or, or diversify, create something new in further years? Uh, how how do you go? What, what what's the next step? Yeah, um, kind of like you know a little bit. We we it's never been the same, so we always do little changes. Uh, I think the big next, and I I don't I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to commit or not. Um, the big next step is we probably are going to go to more of a, a completely completely redo the board, completely 3D. Now that 3D oh. printing is so cool, we're probably mm -hmm. going to like, I'm going to completely change out the the pieces um, and do uh, um, kind of a 3D piece and maybe even do more. What we've done, it's interesting over the years, if you've ever looked, we, we keep adding levels. So it used to be kind of all one level. Then we added a second level where you actually have two, le two levels and some elevators to get up and down. Uh, and then technically last one, we kind of have a little tiny third level that, <laughs> that we <laughs> install. Uh, and again, I think 3D printing will also open that up where we can... Uh, kind of go keep keep going up and actually compacting it so we might actually shrink the footprint a little bit because actually 12 by 6 does get a little difficult to, <laughs> for some people to reach to that middle that middle of the table uh, and i'll be fine <laughs> i will not <laughs> yeah i was gonna say maybe amy will have a little more trouble yeah <laughs> Uh, and then you just, I, I, you just I need get, to have a rig where people can hang over to board tom cruise in mission right. impossible style yeah and yeah and sometimes yeah 12 by 6 and again i'm uh, I don't know. I'm six two three ish. Uh, my brother is uh, six eight, so we don't have a problem kind of doing that. So we help people out. Um, but yeah, it, that is uh, a little bit of a drawback as if somebody's trying to get through there. But so I, I think yeah, yeah, is we're gonna we continue to adapt the board. It's always cool. You know, I get inspired by all kinds of cool things, um, and uh, we throw it in there. Uh, I I think there's still stories we want to tell, like. Um, my brother John and I, we did, you know, it'll just be, we'll have like, hey, what, what you know, what's the story and, and that we, that we want to do a scenario around, what are some of the things we want to do? So, um, and then part of it is, you know, it's a, whatever, 30 year love of, of Space Hulk, where I, I love the kind of the, the rules of Space Hulk are kind of very straightforward, right? Um, but each turn in, in some ways is a puzzle. That's how I always describe it to people mm -hmm. is, you know, I, on this turn, I have a finite number of points, uh, of points that I have to spend for these guys and I need to get them from here to here. And I have these things that are standing in my way to do it. And all I need, I need to figure out how I'm going to survive the next turn. And the next turn I do it again and again and again. Uh, so it's this, this kind of a bunch of puzzles to, to solve as you go through. 
Um, and so I, 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 that's, I enjoy that. And again, it's still been, so we'll continue. It's kind of the same. So it's probably never not going to be drastically different, but um, I think it'll always be, that's what keeps it new for us is there's always something a little bit new. Space Hulk is uh, also my favorite old GW box game. I, th- I have, <clears throat> I never got Deathwing or Gene Steeler, those expansions, unfortunately, but um, yeah, I played every edition and it's such a good, like you're saying, high pressure game. And, and the fact that you can carry that over to this now, you know, six player narrative snare that you've created is, is very impressive. And there, I, you know, I totally understand why it just, all the tickets disappear so quickly every year. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, again, I, I, and I try and figure out how we get, and this year, again, in the past, I always used to tell people like everyone, we would have kind of no shows and like, Oh, we can get you in off the waiting list. Unfortunately, last couple of years, I think we had, again, out of the four sessions, I think we had 23 out of the 24 people show wow. up. So I had one and one guy that, that kind of walked in. And I, I don't know how legit, but Matt Weeks did walk up at one point in the weekend. Uh, and we were talking a little bit. And he's like, you guys have the longest wait list out of any event uh, <laughs> that we got. And I literally, like, they give, I don't know if you, like, they give it, like, you get your sheet. Well, like, here's people who signed up. And then on the back, they're like, hey, here's the, you know, here's the sheets of all the people. And I had, like, four pages of wow. of, uh, of wait list people that had tried to get in. So, uh, I, again, we try, again, I ran four this year. Um, we, we try and uh, do as much as we can to, to let people to do to get it. But I understand it is a, a hot ticket and people are there to try and get in there if they can, but. You need to franchise. If you're if you're saying you're going to print a new board, you need to uh, delegate. You need to donate the, the the first board to another team, and have that have a have another event going on at the same time. Yep. Clearly, yeah, the demands there. Yep. I, I like how between between that and the 40k friendly, there seems to be a uh, both both of these events like are some of the events that sell out the fastest and have the longest wait list. I like how this kind of signifies. I don't, I don't want to say a shift, but maybe um, an adjustment in the attitude of people really wanting to just have fun with these games. Yeah, and I, again, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, we're very flattered that people really enjoy it. And again, even when in the day when I used to run down at Gen Con, I, I, there was people who always came kind of and said, oh, this is you know one of the funnest events I've ever done, and I really enjoyed it. So that's when we knew we had something that we wanted to keep developing, but I also want to give credit to, to Carl Tuttle because uh, <laughs> when he had in, in independent characters going and when he came and, and he talked about it, um, that also created a huge blip, I think, <laughs> in terms of, uh, again, people being aware of it and then also the sign-up stuff. So, um, it, yeah, that didn't hurt at all. So. And <clears throat> so you've heard about how difficult it is to get in. And luckily, if you choose to drop on the Geek Nation Tours... Troy, what are you going to be doing with Terrace at Adepticon this coming year? Cool. Yeah, uh, a little uh, – so, yeah, kind of the, the cool announcement is we are actually going to be at the welcome dinner for the Geek Nation Tours next year in 2023, and we're going to do – we're still kind of working through some of this. We have some ideas for how we're going to do kind of a mini version of of what of kind of our bigger Space Hulk um, game, uh, but we're definitely going to kind of use the same, try and get the same feeling kind of, uh, but even in some ways, maybe even a little more frantic, a little more, more quick pace. Uh, Cause I think we're going to do like hour or so um, sessions in that kind of that after dinner there. And uh, that all kind of came out uh, about that. I've, I've kind of known Terrace uh, mostly through Adepticon, uh, met him kind of playing um, 
what's the uh, combat patrol we actually ended up playing combat patrol back in 2013 it was funny as we were talking last i kind of dug up the old uh, the old picture we had <laughs> um and uh you know, I mean, you guys know Terrace. What, what a great, you know, just we kind of hit it off, kind of realized we had kind of the same thinking of that. Um, he ended up kind of playing in, in the Space Hulk um, like a year or so later. Um, he had, you know, again, a lot of his people from his tour would kind of play it. So we'd kind of always said hi and kind of kept in touch. Um, and then he was playing again this year uh, and brought some more of his people. And he actually kind of got time to play, which is great because I know how busy he is when he's trying to do, the, <laughs> do those tours. Um, and again, we were kind of catching up talking again and at the end we you know he's we just kind of said he's like how can we how can we figure out how to do something right um and uh so we've kind of put our heads together and and chatting and, and we're excited and i think it'll be exciting. again part of it is we know so many people want to want to play and there's only finite spots and uh if we can make it available for the people who are in the the tour and want to get a taste of it um we hope we can do it so we're excited for that that's awesome so not only if you go on terrace's Adepticon Geek Nation show, we get to play the the sort of smaller, more frantic scenario that Troy was talking about, but you also get priority registration for your tickets, which means that you can also play the larger game before anybody else gets a chance to buy tickets. So, um, yep. if I was going on the tour, I would 100% do that. Uh, but that's awesome. I think it's, um, you know, those game nights are a lot of fun, and this just adds, you know, usually he's been doing RPGs, and this just adds another element to it with a nice, you know, miniature game. Um, so, guys, you know, go over, head over to Geek Edition Tours and find the Adepticon Tour, and you can find all the info on how to sign up there, and you'll get to meet Troy at Adepticon. Yeah, that's awesome. We're, we're, we'll be excited. We have a little work to do. we got to do some uh, some brainstorming and, and uh, make it all come together. Uh, we're, it's it, I know that again. Terrace is saying I think they're going to have they're expecting a pretty big crew <laughs> for that. So I, we're trying to make sure we can can handle the amount of people that might want to run through it. So do, do you have a countdown to Debtcon calendar like we all do? Uh, <laughs> I not really because I'm a terrible kind of procrastinator. Kind of I probably <laughs> that's should. That's why we have it. Help me because I'm yeah I'm a terrible kind of procrastinator where I'm like yeah I got some time but uh, even with with this stuff and whatever I already feel like I'm behind I'm like yeah oh we're always behind like yeah, yeah. Like, oh yeah the Monday after Adepticon I have to declare that I am behind for next year's yeah. Adepticon <laughs> it's just it's tradition hobby new year starts and you're already behind I've had six months to catch up for next Adepticon and I've done none of it <laughs> I'm really proud of you I know you are. Thanks. <laughs> even <laughs> even with uh, a couple years of no Adepticon, we we were still behind. Oh, behind. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> oh, I finally have the time to be late for this again. <laughs> That's awesome. So We're going for the authentic experience. <laughs> yes. And uh, while you are out there, Troy Adepticon, do you do any of the events, um, or are you just run on Saturday and Sunday, or are you just uh, run the game all weekend? Yeah, you, uh, like I said, this year we were just we. Yeah. I, I kind of just had the the mentality to just be 100. percent But in the past, I've tried to cut, like we've tried to kind of carve out a day. A lot of times we would run like Friday used to be like our heavy space hulk day, and we would kind of just used to learn like, hey, just three sessions kind of for about whatever 14 hours, you know, 16 hours on that day, uh, which is a lot. And so like Thursday, I would kind of carve out to either do. Um, you know, some events have kind of done the the night event. If you've ever done that, I, that's a lot of fun. That's another event that I think at Adepticon is getting a good, really good following. Uh, I think people are having a lot of fun with that, you know, where everybody has all their, the night battle yeah. um, around that. And so I've done that in the past. Uh, every once in a while, I, I like I would dive into the, not the 40K friendly, but there was like a gentleman's, uh, yeah. you know, more of a, that, that, again, those guys, I think were in the 
uh, Northern, uh, also ran some other events here that I've done for them in the Northern Illinois area. Um, so I used to kind of do that and some of that. Um, and, uh, and then I usually try and, uh, and I still usually try and hit a painting class or something mm -hmm. else like that. Right. To kind of fulfill my, my, uh, Ducticon experience. So. <laughs> Did you uh, get a chance to try the 40k laser tag last year? No, I did. It just, yeah, we were running so much stuff and it, it never quite lined up. Um, so I don't. We we're trying to figure out again. It won't be free like it was at Ducticon. We were trying to figure out. We might go do it at, at Gen Con though. Cool. I think they're also going to run. Yeah, that was the. <clears throat> I got to play one game, and the guns are surprisingly hefty. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. They had a really nice setup there. Um, the they, I, I wasn't expecting much, but they really managed to capture a, uh, a digest version of what that experience should be. The, pr <laughs> the props are great. The fact that the, uh, the, the orc guns are imprecise is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's all good. Uh, Troy, is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners about? Um, I'll just kind of Pimp our, so you can find most of our stuff, including kind of all the past Space Hulk, uh, like our scenarios and kind of the rules we use, which are a, a modulation, whatever that word is, of kind of all the editions of Space Hulk. We kind of taken the best of what we liked and made up our own. Um, but I have that kind of, so that's all on basinofdeath.com. Uh, again, you can also find our way to the Plain and Slaying um, podcast through there. Otherwise, and we it's also on all the normal uh itunes spotify whatever stuff uh and the other thing i guess uh not to go on a tangent a little bit the other thing that's been uh surprisingly popular i don't know that is on the basement of death um on a whim i basically have put my my version of how to navigate the horse heresy novels um Ooh. as i've read all those things it ended up being a conversation with my uh my friend and co-host ty where he was like i don't know what to read after the first three um and i had you know read that and so over the, the past few years, I don't remember what it was, I kind of just added my, again, I don't want to say the reviews, they're, your mileage may vary. It was just always kind of for each book, kind of like, hey, here, this is this one is kind of important for the story. This one, maybe you can forget unless you really like, you know, White Scars or something else like that. Um, and I've just been uh, kind of, I threw it out there as a whim, and I've been very amazed at the thousands and thousands of, uh, <laughs> of views <laughs> and comments, and people have said, oh, this has really helped me kind of navigate things like that so uh, again it'll just if uh, if you again your mileage may vary and uh, they're not reviews but uh like now that we're at the the siege of terra um i'm so excited to kind of as we bring this to a close but if people are trying to navigate how to maybe quickly get from <laughs> from horus rising to uh to the end of the uh the siege of terra hopefully that can help them so that's awesome yeah I mean, there is a if you decide, oh, I'm going to read the Horace Heresy series, there, <clears throat> there is an overwhelming number of books if you just go and look. So, I uh, guys, check that out. That's going to be very helpful, especially with the new edition of Horace Heresy coming out this weekend. Yep. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see if that, again, I, I assume that it's the same people, right? People that are in the Horace Heresy, the miniature game, probably have read a lot of those novels, but well, maybe not. Maybe they'll. <laughs> it goes both ways. I did see some people jumping in, so... Um... Into. I was about to say, this new one is a lot of new people coming yeah, in. Yeah, which is great. Awesome. Well, Troy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as you mentioned before, so, you know, check out the Geek Nation Adepticon tour to get in on that Space Hulk game at the Welcome Dinner and also get your tickets for the larger Space Hulk game early. And check out Basin of Death for 
everything Troy has for you, including his Horace Heresy reading list, and also check out his podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Troy. All right, guys, head over to our Facebook page, post your Horace Heresy models. Let us see what Legion you decide to play. Um, or your cool Necromunda squats once you get your hands on those. We'd love to see them. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter and the other social medias, uh, 40K Radio on all of them, and we'd love to hear from you. But we'll talk to you guys again in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhas Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhas Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhas Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>